Welcome to the Illuminated Word Podcast. Each day we'll look at a text from the weekly readings from the Westgate Church Bulletin. We will look at background material and also application of the text. So once again, welcome to the Illuminated Word Podcast. Our reading today comes from Psalm chapter 25, verses 1 through 7. This is a psalm of King David. And you'll notice as we read through this psalm, a song that maybe you sung at youth camp, maybe at church events. Uh, Unto Thee, O Lord. Maybe you remember that worship song from the 80s. I know when I would go to camp or go to youth retreats, we would sing that song. Actually, I love that song. Uh, And you're going to notice that some of the lyrics from that song come from this psalm. So let's read through these seven verses and discuss what we find here in this psalm of David. To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. O my God, in you I trust. Let me not be put to shame. Let Let not my enemies exult over me. Indeed, none who wait for you shall be put to shame. They shall be ashamed who are wantonly treacherous. Make me to know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me, for you are the God of my salvation. For you I wait all the day long. Remember your mercy, O Lord, and your steadfast love. They have been from old. Remember not the sins of my youth or my transgressions according to your steadfast love. Remember me for the sake of your goodness, O Lord. Now, as I read through this psalm, I would like to make this my own prayer. I think all of you would probably relate to this, the ignorance of our youth, the silly things we did. We would wish the Lord would not remember those things uh, that we did when we were younger, when we were ignorant about so many things. Now, when you look at this psalm, it's really interesting that we are being told that if you put your trust in God, in some way, you're not going to be put to shame. Now, we could take that and say, well, does that apply to modern day situations, my, my life now, uh, will that does that mean that God will protect, protect me from all trouble and issues in life? And I don't think that's what the psalmist is saying. We're going to have trouble in this life. Jesus warned us of this, that if we are his followers, we'll be hated also, just as he was hated. There will be people that will try to put us to shame for being followers of Jesus Christ. But there's this sense that God will not forsake us, that we will be vindicated. And I don't want to always go back to this as a fallback position, but this is very true, that in the end, we will be vindicated. On the day of the Lord, when he returns, we will be vindicated for our belief in Jesus Christ. We know now that we call people to repentance. We call people to be believers in Jesus willingly. But there's a day coming when every knee will bow and every tongue will confess whether they want to or not when Christ returns. And on those days, and many times Christians think this is harsh, But the Bible does talk in this language. There will be judgment for those that have rejected God and his good purpose for their life. There'll be judgment for those who persecuted God's people. And we will be vindicated. We will not be shamed, ultimately. We will be uplifted. Uh, We will be victorious in Christ. So we have that hope as Christians. We know God's not going to forsake us. So he lifts up his nefesh, his soul, his whole life and being to God because he knows God will not leave him to shame. Now, when we think of shame, you know, in our sermon Sunday, we talked about this a little bit about guilt and shame and the difference. Guilt would be, you know, I'm guilty for what I've done. I know I've sinned against God. I have sin in my life. And it's almost like a personal concept there where I feel guilty, but shame is communal. So in the psalmist, possibly there is a group of people that want to publicly shame David. David has done something and they're not good enough with a reprimand. They want public shaming. I can't help but think back to 
Hawthorne's scarlet letter. If you remember, Hester Prynne was found to be with child while her her husband was gone. And so she was branded an adulteress. And she had a scarlet A that was put up on her. And the drummer would walk out with her when she would come into the village to announce her unwanted presence. And you had this idea of communal shame. And we recoil at that and think how ridiculous that is uh, that they treated her that way. I know it's just a fiction book, but it still makes your blood boil when you think about it. I think of the woman caught in adultery and how Jesus handled that situation in John chapter 8. This idea of unnecessarily shaming someone in public, in public like that really seems to go against the grain of, of who Jesus was. And so this idea of these people that want to shame David unnecessarily, and David is reminded, or David reminds the Lord, that the Lord's not going to allow that to happen. The Lord is going to see him through. So this idea of enemies wanting to shame him, God vindicating him, and then this relying on the mercy of God. Now, I love this image of throwing yourself on the mercy of God. I'll tell you this, God's mercy is a whole lot better than human mercy. If you think I'm wrong about that, just look at the current climate we're living in, where people want to publicly shame those who have stepped outside the the bounds of what's acceptable in modern America. You know, people may say, well, in America right now, we don't really have a belief system. I would beg to differ. Uh, There's a belief system out there. Uh, It's just contrary to God's will. So if you step outside that narrative right now in the United States and you say things that are outside the, the, the spirit of this age, whether it be in lockstep with the, sex, the sexual revolution or the identity and sanity that's going on right now in this country, people will publicly shame you. They get on things like Twitter and Facebook and other social media apparatuses and they will metaphorically circle with their rocks ready to stone you. We live in a very unmerciful time. The mercy of God is so much greater than the mercy of man. And so David tells us in verse 6, remember your mercy, O Lord. I fall on your mercy, God. And the word here is beautiful. This is a time when it's good to kind of know the language. The the word for mercy uh, comes from a root word, rahim. And rahim is a word that refers to the feeling a mother has for a child in the womb. That's what the mercy of God is like. Think of a mother and how she feels toward the child growing in her womb, how she loves that child so much and has compassion for that child. That's the mercy that God has for you. So let that kind of sink in deep today as you think about your walk with God and your walk with Christ, that that's the mercy that God has for you right now, that a mother has toward a child in her womb. That's the word being used in the Bible. But some things I want you to notice about the psalmist that I think we can learn as points of application. Notice that the psalmist is teachable. He tells him in verses four through five, Lord, instruct me in your ways. Show me your paths. I want to know. I'm humbling myself, Lord. I know I don't know the proper way forward. I'm not going to rely on my feelings. I'm going to rely on the factual information you revealed to me in your word. So we want to rely on the teaching of God. So number one, we're teachable. Number two, there's a self-awareness of sin. Lord, verse seven, he says, don't Please don't remember my sin, especially the sin of my youth, the dumb, goofy things I did when I was younger. So there's a self-awareness to a person of God where we're aware of our sin and we're aware of our shortcomings. And that leads to a third thing I think is really important that we pick up here from David. There's a reliance on the mercy of God. We are totally reliant on God's mercy. We're not uh, 
begrudgingly accepting this gift. We're happily accepting this gift of salvation. We realize that we can't do it on our own. So those three things kind of stick with me today. We need to be teachable. We need to be self-aware of our own sin. Let's don't be oblivious to the foibles and problems that we have in our life. Always doing a a self-diagnostic. What is the sin that's lurking in my heart? What are the things that have been left unchecked that need to be challenged by the Word of God that need to go, that I need to repent of? Daily repenting of my sin. Then the third part is totally relying on the mercy of God. And don't forget what that mercy looks like. That mercy is the mercy that a mother has for a child in the womb. That's the mercy God has for you. So I hope this day you'll go with those three things. Read God's word. Soak it in. Come under the authority of his word. Quit hovering over his word like you are the one in charge. Let his word tell you the way forward. Be aware of your own foibles. Instead of pointing out other people's issues, think about, okay, what am I doing that's messed up in my life that needs to be challenged? And then the mercy of God. Meditate on that steadfast love of God, that stick-to-itive love of God, that mercy that God has for you. Well, I hope you have a great day. I hope this psalm has helped you in your walk. And join us tomorrow. We jump right back into the book of Daniel. God bless.